At SidFit Health Center, they focus on the whole you. Fitness, nutrition, weight loss, strength and conditioning. Let their team of professionals educate, motivate, and celebrate your personalized fitness journey. SidFit Health Center, King East and Kitchener. SidFit.ca. That's S-Y-D-Fit.ca. That is the podcast's very first sponsor. And I'm very happy. I'm very excited. I'm very just everything over the moon thankful uh, to be able to say that. And I think a very big process in developing a podcast is having a uh, not just a sponsor, but a sponsor that you believe in and share common views with. So this is a big step. And in the spirit of things changing and developing around here, I've decided that I'm no longer going to script episodes. So these respecting the process episodes are just going to be on the fly. I'm just going to blow air into this microphone and really, really hope that it all works out and makes sense. So now if I'm going to be doing that, if I'm not going to be scripting anymore, uh, I'm probably going to need some very interesting guests. I'm going to need uh, somebody that brings a lot of substance to the podcast. And I think that I found somebody that can do that trick. Uh, This episode features a strength and conditioning coach that is directly involved in the SidFit facility. His name is Craig Bongelli, and he has recently joined the fitness center, bringing his personal strongman training expertise along with him. He currently develops top-tier athletes such as Denton Daly, a multiple belt-holding North American boxer, and a bodybuilder named Daniel Rubin, who I would love to have on the podcast someday. This episode gives us a look into the realm of fitness. We talk about where Craig has come from, how he has developed himself physically into the beast that he is, and how he became involved with training. Craig is currently in a very transitional period as he is in the midst of developing a new exercise facility and a brand to go along with it. His personal goals are very ambitious, but his current lifestyle is really setting him up for success. This is Craig Bongelli and what respecting the process means to a very big, very strong, and very ambitious man. Respecting the process, baby. How big are you? Um, 6'3", 6'2", 6'3". I weigh maybe 285, 290 right now. Um, I'm a little light because I'm out of competition right now. I've been focusing on people like Denton and yeah. other clients more yeah. than me right now. So why, like, why are you putting emphasis on training? On my training or theirs? Their training. Because uh, they've got some big, big stuff going on. Um, Denton just defended his North American title again successfully. Uh, my client Daniel Rubin just competed at the biggest, one of the two biggest fitness shows on the planet called the Arnold Classic yeah. uh, this past weekend. I heard about it, yeah. yeah. Natasha Spence um, will hopefully be fighting within the next couple months um, and hopefully moving in the direction of a world title as well. So those are some pretty big things. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I'm willing to take the back burner. What's, uh, what's most important, though, your, your career as a, uh, a strong man or the, your career as a trainer? What's most important to me in a personal fulfillment way or what's most important to me as a successful person? Both. To me personally, in terms of my own personal satisfaction, I am driven as an athlete to accomplish things. Okay. Um, I won't be satisfied. I couldn't be satisfied looking back at a life where I only assisted other people in their accomplishments. I want my name on something as well. Yeah. Uh, as a successful person, Developing a successful business and a successful brand is very important to me, though. Okay. All right. So talk about how you got here. Like, what, what was the process uh, to, to 
become 280 pounds to to be setting up a gym that you're training world-class athletes how did you get to this place i was boxing when i was in my teens i did boxing uh, krav maga muay thai all that kind of stuff and then uh for some of my high school volunteer hours i went to the highland games in fergus and one of the teachers i had was part of the organizing committee for that event and she introduced me to scotland's strongest man at the time jamie barr he had been to the world's strongest man and finished top 10. when i met him he was astronomically big to me. He was six feet tall, 270 pounds, covered in this Celtic tribal tattoo. And he was the epitome of manliness. He floored me, turned my world upside down. And, and apart from that, he was very, very nice to me. Yeah, he, yeah. he took his time to come over, answer my questions, tell me about his world record. We spent 10 minutes on my phone trying to convert stones, which is the way they measure weight um, in the UK, yeah. into pounds so I could understand what he was talking about. And then he took me over to meet a gentleman named David Webster, who was uh, an Order of the British Empire recipient, who was probably the, the most respected authority on strength sports on the planet. He's in his 80s or 90s. Wow. And he, he was there for the invention of World's Strongest Man. He was there. He's been there for everything yeah. throughout the past six decades plus in the strength world. So he brought me over to David Webster. I said, what do you think? Can this, can this kid do strong, man? And I mean, at the time, I was six feet tall and I weighed 150 pounds. Like, I, I didn't look like a strong man. And David Webster asked me to see my hands and then walked around me in a circle and looked at me and went, yeah, you'll make a good strong man, and walked away. <laughs> so they were just humoring me. Yeah. But I took that and it, it meant something to me. The person, the person who invented strong man, yeah. as we know it today, said, yeah, you can do it. And I, I have never let go of that. Man, hey, something about someone telling you you can do something, right? And do you, think, uh, do you think maybe that relates to why you like training people? Because you kind of enable them, you tell them, hey, I can, I can do this for you to make you or help you achieve your dream? I think very often about the quote, um, you, get, you receive without payment, give without payment. Yeah. Um, now don't get me wrong, people pay me to train them, but I try to give them more than the hour of my time they're paying for. I try to give them more than just sets and reps. Right. Um, because all of the mentors I've had, and it's been a lot of people who have assisted me to get to where I am. A lot of them haven't taken half of what they were worth. And they've done that to, to help me move forward because they saw that I was passionate or that I cared mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Everyone's paying it forward. Yeah. And I feel like I need to be a part of that circle in a big way. Hey, that's, that's big. And, uh, you know, we, we've had conversation before where I'll ask you a very vague fitness question and you come back with, like, what do you mean? Like, there's, there's so many ways to answer. So in your approach and your process of developing other athletes, uh, what, what are some things that, that you consider? And how do you develop a process to create a champion like Denton Daly or uh, Spence? Well, first, I don't create champions. They, they deserve all the credit in the world, and I, I'm not interested in any of their credit. When people congratulate me after Denton fights, I feel like I'm, I'm committing some sort of terrible faux pas by even hearing that. Yeah. Like, it's, okay, it's yeah. Denton that deserves that credit. I'm a very small supplement. Development. I'm a very small piece of his development, yeah. and I believe these people are good enough that if I wasn't around, they'd find a way anyway. Okay. I don't believe I'm an integral piece okay. um, for any of them. The, the biggest thing... I look at and what I try to get out of people is what they want, what they really, really want. Yeah. Everybody wants to be successful, but what does that mean? What, for somebody like Denton, what movement do you want? What exact physical ability are you interested in? Yeah. And then it's, it's my job to break that down into something I can create. Yeah. If, if you look at your car and you can't use your brakes, you go to your mechanic, you go, I want to be able to stop at a red light. 
the mechanic can take that and create it. And that's what I do. If you went to your mechanic and said, I want to drive around and have a great time, they couldn't help you with that. Yeah. So it's my job to break it down to what you exactly want, the same way somebody would if they were fixing a machine. How did you go about developing the knowledge to understand how to, you know, create that kind of movement? Um, part of it, I think there's two things. I've had some really fantastic mentors. Um, a big one is a guy named Louis Simmons of Westside Barbell. Yeah. Um, yeah. He runs one of the we're most... Wearing the, we're in the sweater. Wearing the hoodie right now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he owns and invented one of, the, one of the greatest gyms on the planet, if not the best gym on the planet, called Westside Barbell in Ohio. Ohio. And he's, uh, he's served as a mentor for me for the past few years, which has been a, an unbelievable advantage. Um, outside of that, for whatever reason, I've got a very good eye for movement. When I watch people move, it's similar to maybe watching Sid. If Sid walks by and sees somebody throw a punch, he doesn't even have to be watching that closely to know if something was off. Right. He can turn around and watch more specifically and see what he wants to look at in particular. Okay. I can watch people move and I can tell when something's strange about it. Or I can look at it and see what's actually driving what happens. Yeah. I sometimes tell clients it's comparable to, if I watch a car drive down the street and, and watch, it, watch it drive around, I can't tell if it's front wheel drive or real, yeah. rear. Yeah. But a car guy could. Yeah. They can tell you how that car is moving, why it's moving in a particular way. And just being around people lifting weights and performing these motions for the past five, six years, yeah. I can now do that with a body. Okay. I can see, I can watch that and hit, and I can't teach him to hit better, but I can see the movements that are allowing him to hit. Right. And I can build those. So what about, uh, let, let's talk about <clears throat> building yourself. Uh, what's the process now? What, what are you, what's your goal? What are you going to do? And uh, what are you trying to achieve? One day I'd like to compete at the World's Strongest Man competition. I'd like to do that before I hit 30. Yeah. Um, to do that, training yourself is a much, it's a, it's a much different animal than training someone else. Um, you have to try and emotionally disengage as much as possible from the goal you have and only look at the process. I'm not emotionally involved every day of Denton's training. When he has a bad sparring day, it doesn't affect me, and it doesn't affect how I look at his programming. Yeah. I have to try and maintain that attitude when I look at myself. I can't let my past training, my eating that morning, all these other factors affect how I'm looking at my program because I wouldn't if it was an athlete I was working with. So that's a very tricky part of being your own coach. So, and that's a pretty ambitious goal. So let's say um, respecting the process, those three words, what do they mean to you? Respecting the process? I think respecting the process, I think it has a lot to do with understanding what dues have to be paid and in what order and for how long. I think one of the biggest problems people have with trying to be successful is they see other people's success and that's what they're admiring. That's what they're focused on. They see Denton Daly holding a title. They see a client like Daniel Rubin standing on stage in a sparkly bikini. Yeah. And that's their image of success, but that's not what makes success. That's the finished product. If you look at a meal in a restaurant and you look down at this beautiful steak and potatoes and vegetables, that didn't get there like that. They took the steak and they cooked it. They took the vegetables separately and cooked it. They cooked the potatoes separately and they brought them together to show you. That's the, that's the tangible result. But that's not what made it and that's not what makes it delicious. And that's not what you're paying for. It's just a picture in time. It's with one particular moment. But the real life of success is in the gym, or in the training field, or in the ring, etc. Or in the process. In the process. The cool. devil's in the details. <laughs> the success, success, what people think about with success is a picture in their head. Yeah. If, you, if you say, close your eyes and picture success, you're standing in the ring with your arms raised. You're standing on stage with a trophy, you're kissing the Stanley Cup. That's the picture, that's the one moment in time. But that's not where success lives. <laughs>